is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Good to have your company on the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. Craig Hutchison, Damien Barrett with you in the South Bank Studio, Series 8, Episode 16. Craig Hutchison, hello. Hello, Damien. Great to be in the same spot. How are you travelling? Going okay. Going okay. But I think I've managed to mostly stay out of the... The argy bargy of a footy season this year. You never sure are you. Never you never. Fu- well, no, you know, no, you haven't. You've got an argument going on with Hawthorne. We'll get to that very soon. You've got the Hawthorne uh, social media fraternity up in arms. You've got the dispute going with you've got the Carlton fans angry. I'm getting all these links sent to me on my Twitter feed about Carlton your fans. criticism of Carlton and. Oh, no, I don't yeah, think I've got Carlton offside yet. I no, think yeah. I've held uh, held fire on Carlton. Uh, got, you, Hawthorne, yes. <laughs> Hawthorne and Hawthorne supporters, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, although you, you haven't stayed at the headline, uh, headlines this week. I saw you last week. Do you want to go there first or do you want to wait sure, for a bit? Of... Sure, whatever, whatever floats We may as well go there yeah. first because I just was flicking around last week, Hutchie, and you, the headline was Hutchie freezes out 3W. Now, last time I checked, 3W is the same organisation as Channel 9, and last time I, I checked, you've done 20 years of service for Channel 9, one of their highest paid, most successful. I can rule that out straight away. Well, most successful anyway. Initially, no. n- TV reporter. What have you done here? You've managed to somehow get offside a place you work for. Well, I don't know that to be true for starters. I just read it in the paper. So I, I guess I'll head there tonight and see what the temperature's like before he <laughs> classified. But so take us through what happened because, uh, look, I, I think I know, but you'd explain it better. You, you've got control of a various set of radio rights. You've got control of a various set of access to the AFL website and you've managed to somehow, to use the phrase, freeze out access to 3AW broadcasting via the AFL app through a deal that you've managed to strike. Is that a fair assessment? Well, just I'll give you as much as I can without getting into the things that perhaps give up the game, so to speak. But it's we our business, our broadcast AFL Nation, which is our call, goes to many and varied parts of the country. So we have, for instance, regional distribution, which 3AW don't have any of. So we're in every regional town you can think of. Triple M have some of their own regional stations as well. Uh, we distribute it into other markets like Sydney and Brisbane, and we value total audience demo. So you know my views on the radio ratings, how archaic they are, how yep. out of date they are. It, in the digital sense, they are exact demo. In a digital audience, you can tell exactly how many people are listening to the person. It's not predictive. It's not suggestive. It's 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 perfect. Yep. So but, but, for it, get to the chase. You, if you, you click on the AFL yeah, live I'm, app I'm, and you get to the game. I'm about to tell you what's going on. And you can, you, you, know, can, you can click hey, on listen. Triple M, you can click on SEM, but you can't click on 3W hey, because listen. of you. I've already got the rundown you put together. We haven't got much on it, all right? So we're going to take you two minutes to tell you the story. Let me get to it. Channel 9 yep. bosses furious after 3W football commentary frozen out of the is... AFL app. There's a great audience there. Channel 9 is reportedly furious after media mogul Craig Hutchison effectively stopped the network's radio broadcasts of games being heard on the official AFL app. There's a great audience there. We had more than 2 million streams of our AFL Nation product last year. And the AFL.com is responsible for nearly all of it, most of it. So it's a big, it's a big audience on the AFL app and AFL.com. That's, we, we haven't built it, but we certainly value it. And you can do different creative in there. You can get audience data. You can serve different ad messages. 
it's it's a great environment, as we've learnt with Trade Radio. So yeah, we have always put a value on that audience, and I'm pretty sure I see uh, Triple. Well, I know Triple M puts a value on it too, because they they were, I think, a wake up to what you may have been trying to do. And I think I may be talking out of school here, but I think they fought to keep the presence of Triple M on that same apparatus. Yeah, it's, we're in the distribution game, so if you value distribution, you you seek to have it, and if you think the other others perhaps haven't seen the same value in it, then you seek to restrict it. So that's all we did. And we're just unpicking ourselves from a, a complicated deal anyway, so there was a chance to move into a new era. Have you spoken to management at 3AW or slash Channel 9? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, but you're walking into the building tonight. Yeah, but that's a, that's a, I don't think it's you – know, I'd be surprised if anyone was – I'm sure if they had a valued it, they would have identified it and and – um, and and sought to have it. So I don't. Everyone's business model is different. I can only tell you about ours. We we value that audience enormously. Well, our partners benefit from it. Our sponsors benefit from it. And maybe our- they don't benefit from it actually, because I have seen an email that was sent to staff as a result of this story being published. Um, oh, you've seen an email, have you? I've seen an email. Le- yeah. Leaked email. Leaked email. Uh, dear all, from um, the head of Macquarie Media, uh, some of you may have seen a story online in the Herald Sun today about 3AW no longer being on the AFL app. It's been portrayed as though we were, quote, asleep at the wheel, close quotes. This could not be further from the truth. It does go into some explan- explanation detail as to it. It's not, it doesn't appear to be a massive issue for them, so... Maybe yeah, it wasn't. and they've they've come back in games to four, and obviously don't value Thursday nights either, and some of those things. So everyone's business model is different, Damo. I can tell you for ours, we're in the business of nine games, we're in the business of being available as many spots as we can, and when the biggest audio distribution point outside of a radio station in the country is available, you absolutely seek to have it. It, it makes no commercial sense to have our listeners access our content via third party platforms. It, look, that's another line out of the out of the email. So yeah, well, that, if that's their view of what's true, then that's that's their view. Before we sign off on that topic, access to content via a third party. I mean, again, this is yep. your space, not mine. But do you still get the benefit out of it as a rule, or do you need to, as a rule, collate it yourself? Uh, well, again, without sort of painting a picture for everyone, like if you are in the total audience game like we are, and you can access the metrics that you need, and you can serve it unique advertising, 100%. I'd put it, as I've said many times, if we could extract audience off the back of that, McCafe Cup I'm drinking demo, we would. It is we're in the we're in the audience distribution game. That's why I'm a believer in get the blue tick on your Twitter feed. If you are seeking to distribute your brand and your product And have you still got it? You find as many and as varied ways as you can. We had a great example on the weekend with the Matty Johns and Andrew Johns Row in Sydney on Morning Glory on Friday morning. It was on our radio show. But it went berserk on TikTok on the weekend where all the scale is. It went berserk through uh, every social platform you could poke a stick at and it got mass distribution via the newspapers. That for me is was a great initiative in content distribution. It was a little bit uh, fortuitous or accidental, but it, it, it works. And just as you mentioned, I've just had a look at your Twitter handle. You have got the blue tick and you never used to have a blue tick when before yeah, Elon you, Musk. If you're serious about yourself as a journalist and you're not paying the $20 a month as a blue tick, you are in the wrong game. But you've got to be professional. You're in, you're in distribution mode, Damo. <laughs> what if you don't tweet? Well, I mean, I don't think it matters. I think it's all about just being. You don't like, tweet, though, do you? Not very often. I'm not. I'm not a. I, I can't recall the last time I saw your name come up on the I'm, on a handle. And, I'm a, and I don't. Um, people don't seek to follow me like they, because I'm very businessy on my Twitter feed, Damo. So I'm very uninteresting. It's a bit bit of a B to B uh, focus for me. 
but that's okay. You're a bit more, you get caught up in the issues of the day and the footy. And you no, I don't, I don't tweet things. too much. I, I link to stories which which I, or, or podcasts, but I don't, yep. I, mean, I do occasionally, but not not anywhere near as um, You get outraged as, um, about things. No, I, I don't get too outraged at all anymore. I, Hawthorne supporters are outraged at me suggesting that they could we'll lose a... I think the, um, what I would say about my news habits is, they, is they've moved. And we talked about Twitter being where we both sourced our news from for the last five or six years. You're a TikTok man, you said Yeah, last TikTok week. is the number one place I consume news now. It's And the scale going through TikTok and the accessibility of information quickly. Do you feel you're getting a proper reflection of the story, though? Well, it's probably a little bit uh, weighted to my levels or areas of interest because the algorithm is so powerful and it serves you what it thinks you like. Um, so um, I don't think I'm getting the New York Times matter of record of the day, don't I? But it, it is a great, it's a, an amazing way to, uh, you try to have a, a chat to you, and kids are even better at it, but it, it has moved significantly from a kid's platform mm. to a mass distributor of content. I'll just, my, my exposure to it is through through one of my sons who, who will read something on it and then thinks he knows everything about said topic, including a game of sport yep. that may have just been played. And I know that he has not had yep. one line of sight on himself and he, he will come out as though yep. he knows everything that happened in the previous two and a half hours. Now, now that's not only him. That seems to be, I think, what people do with well, I think consumption you, via TikTok. If you are a journalist and you are not aggressive in your TikTok strategy, then you're missing a beat. And I think you're missing a beat by not being aggressive in there at the moment. Well, it's not it's not designed for 50-year-olds, Archie. No, it 100% has become though become so, though. So I don't have a TikTok account. 100% you do. Yeah, if you're serious about building uh, sliding doors any further. That's where you're going to get all your scale. It's the only place you're going to get scale, really, these days. TikTok. You know what's interesting? and just It has become an, an adult-led content platform, but just go back to kids for a sec and their role in this. So, you know, Harley Reid and the fascination interest in him is all being filled off TikTok. So there's junior uh, school sports, school footy, kids footy is being distributed on TikTok way better than any other platform comfortably. I don't know who is behind, uh, I think it's Baseline, which is the TikTok account, but it pushes out clips from the school games and it's got a mass following. On Friday, Harley Reid turned up as a guest at, not as a guest, turned up to watch the famous Melbourne Scotch versus, the Scotch College versus Melbourne Grammar game. And he was mobbed there with photos and uh, Instagram pictures and everyone wanted to get shots because he's a big deal among 12, 13, 14 year olds because of the TikTok age. Because they follow him on that site, they can tell you who the next rung of draftees are. The movement of uh, footy into TikTok is 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 on. So I, one look at a place for someone my age going on it now, Hutchie, as, no, as, as it would have about five think, years ago. We've talked about this in the past. I think the NRL content providers are a step out of the AFL content providers in TikTok. And why do you say that? The, the NRL have probably had a younger. I just think, I feel like the NRL's on a good thing tracking younger and TikTok's been part of it. I think they've been uh, benefited by a few kind of influential types who are already uh, embedded in that in that system. And we talked about the Hello Sport, we talked about Denon Kemp. But I, I think the NRL are, are getting a, are driving a better benefit from the TikTok era. And it is where people live, Damo. Yep. I know it's less suited to government and there'll be laws changed and all those things at some stage. But at the moment, the scale you can get out of there is enormous. Hachi, last week, um, the simmering story of, of the past eight months exploded publicly when seemingly every or, or nearly every person who may have signed a, a um, confidentiality clause attached to their involvement in the Hawthorne racism 
saga had had decided to effectively break rank on it yep. on on the back of the chairperson or the head of the independent panel appointed by the AFL to look into it. It was a free for all after would, the so moment w- that Bernard. What Quinn, was the chair KC. thinking releasing a statement? It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense other than, and this is just my opinion, than him trying to, I think, validate maybe the existence of the panel, but to also... Defend the delay. Defend the delay. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it. I, I, look, again, we say we've never seen something before and we have a, uh, you know, a short memory at times, but I, I cannot recall, not in the AFL structure anyway, anything comparable to that situation where the, the panel itself had asked every single participant, people asked been asked to give their their time and their and their, and their information were asked to sign documents that that said you cannot repeat this you cannot even talk about this to your your nearest and dearest even and yet yet the head of it decided to publicly identify the hold up being related to some some seeking of documents that was being stymied by one set of lawyers as though that was the reason we are eight months into it and certain people have blaming the lawyers of Clarkson and, and Fagan in essence. I wouldn't say even blaming. I, I just say trying to explain, but it, just, it flew in the face of what everyone else had done. I, I'd had a like, well, it was an invitation for everyone else to speak. Well, that's right? what happened. Yep. Yeah, and I, I know for a fact, even as that story broke in the in the age from Jake Noel, um, people started thinking, well, okay, if, if that person is now speaking publicly, I'm speaking publicly too, or, yep. or, or I'll speak off the record, which they hadn't been doing to that point. And yep. now everyone is happy to tell you what they know about it. Which, which is extraordinary because so I, I reckon they'd all adhere a to it. Fest now, yeah, yeah. I, I felt they'd all adhere to it. It's frustrating as a journo when people do, well, let's say hide behind, but refer to confidentiality agreements that that precludes them from talking about it. It's not the way we like to operate, obviously, and you know what I'm referring to here. But as of Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday night last week, you can get anything you want on this story now. Have you ever seen anyone really taking on over, taking on over a confidentiality agreement no, before? No, I haven't. No, and I think it's a convenient, um, at times, excuse to, to not have to talk about it. And I think also, too, most people do it from a, a place of good intent, too. Yep. They, they feel they're doing the right thing. And I feel, as, as hard as it is for everyone associated with this story, I feel that there was good intent with it. Now, the people making the allegations, yes, and the people who have had the allegations against them, inclusive of, I'm not defensive of Alistair Clarkson initially, Hutch. I've had more fights with him than anyone else I can think of that I know. But on this one, I am. And and I, he has, he has held his end of the bargain on this and hadn't spoken until the day after Bernard Quinn Casey decided to speak last week. And then Sonia Hood spoke Sonia in, the, Hood in spoke. a version of, I know you were back in the tent, so you'll be able to take us inside the tent. Well, she, Sonia Hood. she actually spoke um, in a way, if you read the quote, all it was, was, but that was on the back of the other, I think, anyway, the timeline on that, I had, I had that quote on record before Bernard Quinn came out, but that was in reference to, I think, the, the lawyer's representing the some players who, who'd, who'd clearly gone public in the Herald Sun the, the week but before. How else was this going to go, though? Like it, yeah, I know. It, you don't have luxury of time on these things, do you? I mean... Well, any time... Some so, people might say it, it takes as long as it takes, and, and I get that. It's a very serious, complex matter. But it, you don't have time can, in an ideal no, world. This, it, the timing's been not on. And you can't tell me you can't resolve this inside nine months. And... I understand the temptation to make this an independent process at the time because of the mist of the bungled way Hawthorne handled it. Let's be clear, it was bungled. I agree with that. But the AFL, in my view, should have investigated this themselves. And but see, they wanted an arm's length on I, it as well. I, I think that is as much. You know, I, I understand the temptation for that. Yep. 
but they've, they've been unable to control this process the same way Hawthorne Again, could. I'm not defensing the AFL. Hutchie has a rule because I, I, I tackle them as hard as anyone. And, and you know I do, even when I, even though I do work for an arm of their operations. But on this one, if, if they were to have immediately brought it in-house, the allegations from, I think, everyone, here we go again, AFL looking to negotiate the outcome, which they do. And, and as a business, I don't have an issue with but, that as a, as, a, as, a, as a skill set. But that's what they're going to try and do but anyway. That's what they're going to have to do now. From outside the tent. You're that's be, what they're going to have to do You might as well wear that at the front. You're going to get criticised whether you do or whether you don't. At least they would have got to an outcome that they feel the game could live with. They certainly wouldn't have been eight months behind the ball on it now. And, and it's nearly eight months. And then you've got Jeff Kennett weighing in. I, I heard Jeff you, Kennett. Did you give him a clip on the weekend? I think? Yeah. yeah. How does he ha- think he has the right to have any comment on this publicly and tell anyone how they should handle the remainder of this inquiry? Hachi. Well, so I, didn't, I haven't heard what he said and I haven't heard your comments on him other than people have alerted to me that you – Spoke about him. So what did you, what did you say? Well, well he he said he said that the AFL should now close it down, and he said that it's been run too long. This is the man who was still president of the Hawthorne Footy Club when they commissioned their own, with good intent, investigation into racism at their club. This is the same guy who was still president when contents of that investigation came back to the club of the most serious nature I think we've seen in the history of the game. And they chose to not put those claims to the people who had the allegations made against them, i.e. Alistair Clarkson and Chris Fagan. It then got really big. And I hate using this word, but I'm going to continue to use it in inverted commas. They then dumped that inquiry of their own with the AFL. This is too hard for us. You sort this out now. We're going to move on and play football as though nothing happened under their watch. Now, that's my, the source of my frustrations with it, Hutchie, from, from just a, a person looking at this situation. Then you got Jeff Kennett last week daring to basically wash his hands of it. And then I heard him with um, Sam McClure and Jimmy Bartell on, on 3AW too. Just, again, the old I can't remember when, when certain curly questions were thrown his way about his knowledge of it. That's just typical Jeff hypocrisy. And, and on this matter, I think he's forfeited the right to have any say on it publicly. Did you, did you agree with what he said, though, that – it's, they should shut it down. I agree with that being what I think will happen from here on myself. Yeah, yeah. But but Jeff saying that. Yep. I, I don't need Jeff to tell me he, that. I felt that for three or four months. Just with on Alistair's role in this or lack thereof. So it, it's clearly having a big effect on him emotionally. He's clearly battling. I would think it's fair to say by the observation watching him coach, and his public utterings. I can I can back up what you've said there, and, and I won't I won't even say believed to be battling. He is. Yep. Yeah. And then his public um, mutterings last week on Hawthorne and the process were out of clear frustration, and yep. you can understand that. They don't help him, though. They're not – you know, he's, he's got a, a great legacy in the game. He's got a lot of chips on the table here in terms of respect, credibility, uh, trust, and a bit like James Heard in a totally different situation, I don't think – Anything is achieved. You've got to avoid at all costs. Comedy on a Hawthorne, getting drawn in, playing def- the man, defending so to speak. himself. Um, and if anything, I think even if he's done nothing wrong, and and there's still, you know, there's that's the prosecution that he like. Who, who knows? Hmm. He's either done absolutely nothing wrong, or he's said the wrong thing a few times, or he's done a lot wrong. But they're the yep. three scenarios, right? and that, that's all at play. And we don't. That's we, all at play still. We, yeah, and we don't know which of the three no. it is. But I would say he has the ability and the statesman-like position in the game to step ahead of this should he choose, to take more blame than he's owed. 
and to send a message that, hey, let's get ahead. You, you say that, and, and, I, and I hear what you're saying, and that's what you say with every single situation, Hutchie, but when it comes to the subject of racism, to, to take more of the blame on that topic, it, it would be very hard to do in anyone's language if you believe you haven't done anything wrong in that space, which he does, which is where he's Yeah, at. I just can't imagine a scenario from here where he is totally cleared of anything at all. I just don't think that's going to be where it lands. I don't think not saying that's right or wrong. But. No, I'm, I'm, again, I don't want to even make that comment you've just made. So but, you, but, but, but I think all, all possibilities remain on the table well, eight months later. Well, yeah. I don't think this, we've investigated this and we're confident that absolutely nothing happened. I don't think there's any chance of that happening. Either do I. And that's my opinion on that. Uh, and that's, that's what I'll throw it in. If someone's been offended yep. in, in some way, inadvertent yep. or otherwise, that's not yep. how these things end. Yep. So if you know that's off the table, hmm. there's no point hanging on to that possibility of that outcome, hmm. which I think is what he's doing now. And I'm not saying it's fair. I'm not saying he even said a word. I don't know. Any, I don't I have no knowledge, but there is a real argument for him here to try and step ahead of what's coming. And I think given how respected he is, he would be able to, hmm. to prosecute that. You know? yep. If it got its way to the AFL with a right of reply from Fagan and Clarkson, or at least a line of awareness on it, would that have changed the scenario? I don't really understand the question, sorry. Well, when the AFL received it, there was the allegations hadn't been put to Alistair Clarkson and Chris Fagan. In fact, those two individuals effectively found out about it within the same 12 to 24-hour period as the public. Yep. Yeah, they've been horribly prosecuted. Like, you can't... Regardless of what wasn't said, was said, or somewhere in between, how they have been treated has been poor. Yep. That question. As have the people making the allegations, and given that it's now eight months down the track. They've, some of those people have now spoken to two inquiries, the Hawthorne one yeah. and the independent and they, AFL one. And those making the um, claims, I think is the right word, those making the allegations um, would feel no trust in the system either. No. No. Because they're, they're, like, they would have been assured that they were going to be heard um, and that would there would be a next step and they're mm. spinning, they're going, what do you mean? We've been talking about this for a year and- yeah, horrible. And and to your point, we've probably waited. We've gone into this too long, more as we would have planned to, Hutchie. But to your point, I feel when it's all flushed through and 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 resolved from a, a legal perspective under the AFL watch, it's then going to spin off into the courts of the land. Do you that, think so? that, yeah. That's a guarantee. Yeah, in my eyes, it's a guarantee. Yeah. There'll be a defamation aspect yeah. of that. There'll be other claims made against other parties. Yeah. I'll let other lawyers sort that out. I'll, I'll get. There's only one certainty in all this. The Hawthorne are going to get a big sanction. Well, that's what I wanted to circle back in yep. on right now. And that's why they're I the, keep saying... They're the easy one to blame. That's why I keep saying that national draft picks are at stake. In my eyes, as my opinion on what happens, no matter what findings go against individuals in it, yep. something has happened under the Hawthorne Football Club watch of, of a significant nature, which requires yeah, I, punishment, regardless of, of innocence or guilt of, of the main names in this. And when, you, when, there's, when it's hard to... When it's hard to portion the blame in something, and there's an easy blame, there's a, there's an easy dollop for Hawthorne, right? It's a difficult. They do- don't see that though as a club. No, they, 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 they feel they've done. Jeff feels he's done the right thing. Yeah. Well, I think they, they're going to end up with. They'll end up with full total odds here, no matter what happens. I well, think. do you? I've been saying Hutchie for six months. I feel a, a national draft picks at, at stake. Yeah, I hadn't heard that, but that's that's a significant sanction, and, and that, that gets the supporters rolled. Well, can we just talk about draft picks for a minute? So. Yep. Again, we're in an abnormal year, right? So we shouldn't overreact to these things, but here I go anyway. There's three teams in this competition that are largely uncompetitive 
Take out the word largely. Like West Coast and North Melbourne have been appalling. Hawthorne have been good in patches of games but can't sustain it, right? But those three teams are going to finish 16th, 17th and 18th. We've got percentages of about 60 at the moment, each, all three. Um, North Melbourne are playing, you know, and I think rightfully, Ben Cunnington in the reserves and Aaron Hall in the reserves and kind of put the cue in the rack on the season. You know, West Coast are, are a mess, absolute mess, West Coast. And Hawthorne clearly don't want to win too many games. Careful, because I've been saying that too, Hutchie, and you get shot down by a lot of people. Well, it's just, oh, so it's it's we're in dangerous territory now of having like this weekend's Hawthorne West Coast game. How like you got two demotivated football clubs? They're not you haven't got two demotivated football play, teams hmm. and players because they'll all go hell for leather. But the big picture, it, neither club is really served by a win, right? I, and, and this is the thing. Hawthorne supporters want to lose this game on the weekend. Every Hawthorne supporter I know is barring for an honourable loss. I don't think they can manufacture one this weekend. It's too hard. So and you've got, so you've got those three at the bottom, and then you've got this abnormal Harley Reid prospect, which everyone's excited by. So my, my point is you, the number one pick just has to go. It needs to go back to being a lottery. You need to win. There's a metric that I haven't got perfect in my mind, but the lottery system would be – Every team that wins um, six, call it five or six games, is the bar, right? So per season, yep. All those. Is there anything you want to do that doesn't revolve around introducing something from the states? Well, this would be better. We said the same about Magic Round when I came back every year, and now you're over there sipping on the finest South Australian wine, saying, "How good is this? Why didn't we do it four years ago?" But they don't. They don't do pretty, that. No, no, no. They don't do it in the United States, actually. I've never seen a Magic Round in the states. There's, they do it in the NRL. You're one of those people that go, this will never work, this will never work. Actually, this is not too bad. Oh, how good is this? Hutchie, Why didn't we do this years ago? That's stick, your arc on things. Stick to the United States question. A simple metric around lottery at the bottom of the table we would be better off having. I don't mind the idea on this one when it's all said and done. When, when it comes to what's at stake here for these three clubs, yep. for the remainder of this year. You've just got to remove the temptation. I'm not saying yep. clubs hunt it, but... I, I, I'm saying clubs hunt it. It's, I'm uh, on record this saying Hawthorne has embarked upon a form. Now, that's not a complete, but a form of tanking. What, the, what runs out on the weekend, as in the 22 players who play for the club aren't trying to lose a game of footy, yep. but they haven't set themselves up as far back as last September, have they, to, to win as many games as they could? Is, is, is Ben Cunnington and Aaron Hall in North Melbourne's best 22? Not the way, not the way Ben Cunnington's been playing, no. sadly for him. Yeah. And I've never been a fan of Aaron Hall go back when they first yeah, recruited okay. him. I, I, I don't I, think there's any issue with I, that. In fact, I, I felt that Aaron Hall was taking them backwards last I, year when he was, and, and two years ago okay. when he was getting a lot of stats. Accept yeah. that, accept your view on that. And that's I haven't watched Ben Cunnington enough to be fair to know. And yeah. I'm not saying North are doing what they should do, which is play the kids, right? I've no problem with the strategy. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think Alistair Clarkson's trying to do what Hawthorne was doing. I think he wants them to go up the ladder. I... I but Hawthorne clearly... They don't want to go up the ladder this year. Can you imagine Harley Reid in North Melbourne's midfield in four years and you go, and the kid in the second season, pick three, George Ward... What's his name? George Wardlaw. Wardlaw? Yeah. You look at that Sheasel, Wardlaw, Davies, Uniac and Harley Reid as a midfield oh, in three you, years. You say that, Archie. That's Cousins, Kerr, Judd. But I've heard it all before. We talked about it two years ago when, when everyone said, oh, Jason Horn francis will be the future for 15 years. Jason Horn francis didn't last six months. At the footy club. Yeah, but I reckon they got a Wardlaw good... Wardlaw hasn't played a game. <laughs> I think Horn France is going to be a superstar, and I reckon North got a great deal out of it. So no problem with that deal. Yeah. We... Well, my point is, if there's a, a compelling pick one, then it's it's not really an equitable system from here. You've got to, you've got yeah, to I, I hear what you're saying with that. Yeah. 
And again, just for those who don't know, who've heard the term the lottery, you get, what, is it 50 balls from amongst six teams? And you get, if you finish last, you might get, what, 12 or 13 I, balls? I, I'd or? put it on number of wins. So it might be, say, six or under. Anyone six or under goes in the lottery, lottery for for pick one, two or three. It might, some of you might be two teams in there. Some, some of you might be four. Some of you might be three. No, it's still up to the discretion, is it? But you get, you get equal number of um, chances, and that's how it goes. Talk to me about the Hawthorne Insiders um, group. Well, no, you, you tell me about who they are. So this is Hawthorne supporters have got a movement of uh, digital followers called the Hawks Insiders. I think a couple of people that work here get tangled up in it once in a while too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, not, 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 not Klebanski. Yep. Oh, yep. And Jules? I don't know. No, I'm not sure he has. But anyway... They've now started this... Um, I think Hash Brown's part of it too, Hutch. Uh, yeah, no, well, Ash is influential in the Hawthorne world. Now, thinks he is. Now now it's they've started this... I'm not sure if it's the same group or a different group. I just... I say this on the side. Substack called Debunking Demo. So you've got your own chat room. <laughs> I, I have been sent this. I didn't know you had. You've got your own chat room. And what they do is they a sliding door style, pull out all the things you say, and then they... Run five paragraphs proving it wrong, right? So proving it wrong, or ha- or having their opinion on it. So you said I'm not saying they're trying to lose matches, but they don't have the list that's going to allow them to win as many matches as they would like. Before you done- go any further, I just I have got the same thing you've got here. We at quote Hawks Insiders have decided to take some of his sweeping statements this season and place them under the microscope. We have taken the emotion out of it. This is a supporter group. We have taken <laughs> the emotion out of it and used logic and facts. Oh come on. So they're a supporter group and they've taken actually, the emotion out of it. What do you do? Do you Google your own name to find these things, do you? you, I, you I, just... I had it sent to me. I had it, I had it emailed to me from someone who had it emailed to them. Oh, that'll just not. So, the, so you've gone, the debunking demo, take some, the Hawks insiders have taken emotion out of it. And the email I've got, Hutchie, they can't even bother spelling my name right. So how factual is their report going to be on debunking oh, me? Oh, this... Come on. Come on. I didn't Come notice. on, Hawks Insiders. I didn't notice that. Oh, come on. I wonder if that was deliberate. Well, you, you, you've been hard on them. You have been. Supporters, I love them, Hutchie. They actually think they run the footy club, don't they, sometimes? And this particular group of Hawthorne supporters do anyway. Well, they're the members. That's okay. They do. Yeah. There's, like, geez, there's pages and pages of things you've said. Yeah. And they've been. Debu- and you've and been how debunked. much of it? Just how much of it doesn't stack up? You you read some of the stuff and see see if you've got a problem with any of it. Oh, you, you've actually just agreed with oh, Ash, I reckon ninety percent of what what I've said in this previous Ash, conversation. Ash is one of the. Is Ash on that list? Yeah, he's one of the respondents of the Debunking Demo. There he is. Oh come on, Ash. <laughs> page four. Oh, yeah, head of forty at the AFL record. There you go. He's one of the debunkers. He's the bunker. He's one of the debunkers. Yeah, there you go. Well, they've taken motion out of it, Demo. To be fair, so and they've used fact. I like it. Peter Ford uses facts, Hutchie. A great entertainment reporter and one that amuses us the way he carries himself. His stage name, of course. He's good. Oh, that's right. You revealed he's got another name, didn't you? Oh, no. I I feel like he might. Peter Ford might be stage name. Anyway, keep going. I thought about that aspect of it. He got himself into a stoush with the state premier here in Victoria, Dan Andrews, last week over certain comments made about and around the funeral of Barry Humphreys. And. This is a, a, quote, a tweet from Heidi Murphy on 3AW. Vic, Vic Premier has taken a shot at an entertainment reporter, and then she's put in brackets, meaning Peter Ford, over who got Barry Humphrey's state funeral and why. Says he had a long text from Oscar Humphreys last night, quote, correcting the record. This misinformation and absolute nonsense, nonsense is making it harder for them, was a quote. 
And then as Peter Ford responded, as the Premier himself said earlier this week, the various family members have different opinions about it all. Was that a back down a little bit? from? No, no. I reckon it's just... No. You, you go with your sources, uh, Mr Premier, and I'll go with mine. And yep. I've never known Peter Ford to back away from anything he said. I've never met Peter, by the way, but um, I, I love the way he carries himself. What do you think about taxpayer-funded funerals? I don't like them. I don't like them at all. Why? And, and, and it's hard to talk about in a time of them happening, Hutchie, because there's a family involved. And anyone who's gone through grief and trauma, as families and friends do of, of loved ones being lost, it's it's hard to. But I, when I say I, I don't like them, I, I don't like them the way they are now, seemingly across the board. There, there was Once upon a time, it was basically never. I, I recall a time in question, Hutchie, when... When um, the Ted Whitten debate back in the, yep. what was that, the mid-90s, it, it was an exception yep. provided for him. And I think that has changed it forevermore. And I don't know. I, 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 I'm just not sure that every single person of profile needs a state funeral. That, that's just my take, actually. It might sound a bit harsh. Did you have a problem with Shane Warnes? Shane Warnes was different. I, I feel, again, there's a degree of profile. There's a degree of profile. So and, who, who determines what level of profile you need to? Well, the politicians do, don't they? Yeah. So well, and, and there was effectively a. Oh God, this this is hard to talk about. There was effectively a bidding war for Barry Humphreys. A bidding war. Well, New South Wales ended up getting the funeral, didn't they? Yeah, got, they did. But do you think there was that was money led on state funeral basis? Well, the family had to make a decision on whether we go Victoria or New South Wales. And if I'm being incorrect in any of this, please pick me up on it. That was my take on it. Yeah, I'm not sure of the specifics at all. And it sounds as though Daniel Andrews is dirty that is that he's not going to have the funeral in Victoria. Is, is, is that, that's what I've read out of it. Yep. Now, whether I've read too much into that in getting to that conclusion. When leaving funerals aside for a sec, do you get annoyed at where taxpayer funds go? Regularly. Yeah, <laughs> I figured you would. Oh, well, you, you don't? You get worked up on... You don't? Well, not as much as... You the, get worked up over the ABC media, Hutchie, and that, that's a taxpayer-funded operation. The ABC, do you see the amount of money they got? We've got that on the rundown somewhere, Jane. The ABC and SBS between them got, got an eye-popping amount of money in the... Uh, well, get back to what, the what theme budget. you were taking a moment ago, though, where you wanted to use me as the butt of your, your jokes again on a way to oh, make your own point. Oh, here we go. Well, I, I think taxpayer-funded things like state funerals are a bit like what politicians get paid, Right. People get outraged about what politicians get paid. We should pay them as much as we possibly can to get the best people. Yeah, you, you know say my views that, on that. But then they get paid for life once they leave. I'm all in favour of better politicians. And the best use of taxpayer funds is to spend much more on their salaries to attract a better caliber of That's fine, but that, get candidate. back to your argument about taxes. On things like taxpayer-funded funerals, it, like, why, why would you stay awake at night thinking about that stuff? Like I don't. You asked me a question. It, you, no, no, no. I don't stay awake. Don't, don't conflate what I've said. In, you in asked me a question. Of, I said no. In the scheme of, yeah, I know that people can always draw the debate, oh, that money could be spent on X, but you'd... Hachi, you asked me a question. What did you want me to say? I, I didn't say I stay up awake at night. I said no, I in, don't like it. In, in simple terms, you don't get a rebate on your taxes at the end of the year. You pay your tax in a pool of money. The government spend them where they do. Well, you do get a rebate. You put a tax return in. No, but you don't, you don't. They don't say to you, "Oh, we didn't spend all the tax money this year, so everyone's getting, you know, five cents back in the dollar." I think you're arguing about with yourself here. The money you give the money to the government, they spend in the way that they best think is needed, and then you hold them to account to it. On you know, so I don't this whole gotcha every day on oh they spent this on that and this on that. I, I don't understand that. So I'm, I, I, I think take on. this conversation with someone else and have it with someone else. It's not I'm, one I want to fight. I'm, I'm moved on from you, Damo. I'm talking more philosophically about the the uh, constant. Media-led angst on taxpayer funding, and I think state funerals. I don't. I don't have a problem with. I think if 
the person has achieved something of note or significant service to their state, then it's absolutely fair and reasonable to have a taxpayer-funded event. And, and the, yeah, but they, everyone ultimately does what they choose to do, don't they, in life? I mean, if, if you've got the fortune to choose what you do, even better. But you, you, make, you have a choice in life, don't you? And, and you get paid, again, you get paid to do what you do as a rule. I mean, Barry Humphrey's got paid to be a world-famous comedian. Yeah? Yep. So, so what's the state? What, what's the state owe him? Well, I'm not speaking specifically around Barry. I'm saying... Well, well I am, because this, you asked me the question yep. about Barry. Things like, uh, say, Shane Morn, for instance. Yep. They're, they're, he, he was a Victorian at heart who served the Victorian purpose and the Victorian interest, you know, probably and arguably better than anybody, and, and shine, a, shine a, a big light on the state of Victoria, and I think was in the Victorian interest to send him off in the right manner, you know? But a lot of people do a lot of good things for the state who yeah. don't have a profile and who whose families pay for funerals themselves. Yeah, and I, I get that side yeah. as well. <laughs> do you get... Even when you're not getting angry, try not to get angry, you get angry. Why do you get so angry? Because I'm... What do I do tire of you, Hutchie? If you want to have this conversation <laughs> on air and, and leave this in, Jane. How is it that you ask me a question, I answer it, and then I'm the exhibit A in your eyes of everything wrong with that topic. And all I did was answer the question. Yeah. Hey, what'd you make of... Um, you saved me from going in the ABC and SBS on there. <laughs> and the size of right, their we'll, uh, budget. We'll stick with way. maybe a topic we might have a little bit more knowledge <laughs> in. That's something with the media. We're just talking about taxes there. Um, CNN interviewing Donald Trump this week. Yeah. Did, was, was there a meltdown of media types was. in the States? I have a firm view on this, by the way. Do you? Yep. Okay. So, again, left-wing CNN, is that right, Hutchie? Right-wing Fox News, there's no, there's nothing in the middle, I, and I, they I, had largely ignored Donald Trump in the lead-up to 2016? It, those that get appalled by Donald Trump would be in the right. The crime that he's recently accused of committing is appalling, and the anger around the possibility of him being a president is very real. And I understand that people would feel angry at CNN giving him the platform. And I'm sure even within CNN execs, there was a lot of arguments, debates, and who are you siding with, are you in favour of this, are you against it, all that sort of stuff would have been well, going. Was it Anderson Cooper? Is he the, he's the big name on CNN. And I, I saw his editorial, yeah. and I agree with it. I saw it on TikTok. But that was after the event, yeah, wasn't it, was. it? And it was like a... It wasn't before. It was almost one of those um, Herald Sun uses of grovelling apology sort type a, of announcement. It was a little bit of that... Um, you they hide behind the platform a little bit when you in the power of the platform. But I agree with the, the premise of what he said. So this is what I feel. Donald Trump is going to be the Republican nominee, most probably. Well, he's, he's DeSantis, one of the two, but he's... Is he in front of DeSantis? Yeah, he's in front. How? So he's a 60 or 70 or 80% chance of being the nominee, and DeSantis, who I hope is, by the way, it would be a 20 or 30 or Because that was your man. You identified him, and you said he was the man. It can swing pretty quickly, this. But at the moment, if the election's held today, you'd think Trump probably is representing the Republicans, right? Here we go again. We Ignoring his half of the argument and debate is impractical, illogical, and doesn't serve any purpose. You can't pretend this guy's going to go away. So even if you disagree with 100 out of 100 things he says... Which I think most people would do. Well, not, not most people, but unfortunately in America, it's it's a divided country, right? So, Sorry, not most people. Sorry, if, if you don't like Trump, I think you disagree with 100% most, of it. Most of the media... Is what I probably should have said. Most of the media... Hmm. I would the, think, the, the all-knowing media. Yeah. yeah. We, we The right 
the righteous among the media are, are appalled by him, and mm. I'm, I'm not dis- disputing that either. But I think you can't ignore his... Um, I want to say right. Cause well, say candidacy. Of... You can't ignore his candidacy. If, he, if he's got to run for president yeah. again, part of it, it's a story. Part of it is watching it, reminding yourself of what you hate about it, and it's part of the fodder of the road to the White House. You can't just pretend he doesn't exist. Mm. So, And Cena are in the business of building television, not, not in the city in judgment. So I think they did the right thing putting him on, mm. even if they disagree with 98% of what he had to say. What do you think? Well, yeah, there's that. But then the other narrative was that they then didn't pull him up enough. Now, I mean, well, it, and it, under another scenario, yeah. media outlets were there to, to let people talk and have their platform and, and then let the viewer decide. That, that was a, that's another narrative on another day for ro- another person. Well, that is, a ro- that is a rightful role of the media is to be the platform for people to st- state their case and then to interpret the act. Yeah. So, so now CNN's being accused of putting him on and then not pulling up every single time and, he, he said something that – Someone didn't agree with, and the inter- and I don't care for CNN or the Hutz. Yeah, I couldn't care less. They're, they're as political as, as as Fox News, aren't they? I love when you just get grumpy and angry quick. Don't well, I've just got no, I've got no, <laughs> I've got no horse in this race. But they're um, like I forget the interviewer's name, but she did a great. I thought she did the best job she could do. It is near impossible to horse wrangle him. You can't. He's not hmm. going to see reason. He's not going to say sorry. He's not going to concede that he's not telling the truth. You just do your best and you let the audience decide. But there's no point getting angry about it. You can choose not to watch it or you can choose to. Hmm. He's going to be a big media figure, though, on this, whatever happens in so, the next months. So timeline, it's, uh, what is it now, May 2023. Yep. It's 2024 October. Is that right? Yep. I've got that right? But they'll have a, a nominee well before then, right? Early next year at latest, that you'd say. Okay. Yep. And you reckon he's going to get the nod? I if it were today, if they were nominating a Republican today, he probably still wins, right? But Extraordinary. I, I think DeSantis hasn't really played his hand yet, and that's going to be you know, fascinating. Yep. Hachi, let's head to question of the week. On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for DrinkWise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to drink wise. Got a lot of questions about the release of the Australian Summer of Cricket. We'll take Rich on Twitter's question, that being this. I've just been looking at the summer schedule for international cricket. Are they trying to destroy cricket? No international games between October 15 and December 14. Brackets two months off. And the men don't play in Australia until mid-December. What are they doing? What's your view, Damo? Well, as the one-time Sheffield Shield. <laughs> well, what I did read last night was it's uh, test matches against Pakistan and West Indies in that order. I think. Yep, Pakistan yes. three test series in December slash early Jan, and then two tests against the West Indies in Jan. Yeah, the late Jan tests worry me from a yep. uh, a care factor, particularly against that opposition. The Pakistan series will excite me from a will from it? a competition. Yeah. yeah, from a competition perspective, yes. Tell me though, again, I should know this. What is in Melbourne? Or sorry, what's on the calendar at that stage? There's the Soccer World Cup Women's. Yeah, there's a Women's World Cup in. Oh, well, the 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 biggest problem is the T20 World Cups in October in India. So that's the yeah. cricket side of it. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So the cricket, the the T20 World Cup is the biggest challenge in the summer of cricket because it's a huge event and it's in another country for the best part of a month in October. Clearly, the windows are getting more and more challenging. The influence of India has never been bigger. It's huge. And then with IPL at the moment. In this test cycle, you've got contracted tests against contracted nations that they've got to get away. So it was 
yeah, it's not ideal having the West Indies back twice, two summers in a row. That's, no. That's fair. Oh, I suspect they've done their best to kind of manage those tests slash kind of get through. Like, they're in Australian Open time almost. Well, they will be, won't they? Uh, they in, know Ad- in January. They know Adelaide's going to be popular no matter when it is, so they push that back into mid-January to kind of use up the capital that Adelaide brings to the table. And, you know, they pulled Perth forward to give it a go. Against and a Puck- day-nighter in Brisbane. And yeah, so they've you know they've tried their best to put some things around it. It's not perfect and not ideal by any means having the West Indies back. How far away though are we with those all those old traditional deals just being null and void? I say that because of what's happening, and we've seen it yeah. in front of our eyes over how long's IPL been going for now? Ten years, twelve years? Yep. And the IPL seeking to control that what the player earns. It, it, it has never been bigger than it is right now. Well, would, you, would you argue? That, am I? Getting that? No, that is incorrect. That, that I mean, is it is huge. A true, and B, they own teams in South Africa, and increasingly owning teams in other countries where they can start to control the ecosystem. Once upon a time, and they that, own the athlete too, don't they? Effectively. Well, once upon a time, they could go to you, Damo, and say, "We'll give you a million dollars to play in the IPL." Now they can say, "We'll give you two million dollars to play in across four tournaments, and then we're going to use you here and in India, we're going to use you here." And so, and that money is 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 the type of money being thrown around well, to people yeah, who well, who won't earn that playing Test match cricket for their country. The smaller the country, the harder it is for them to compete, which is distorting the results of Test cricket. I think already, like New Zealand, for instance, pay less than. Australia do, and their um, elite players like the Trent Bolts of the world um, are being tempted into these tournaments because the money's a bit greater. Mm. Uh, if you go down to the West Indies and the, the even smaller paying countries and you've got access to the IPL, you're not really going to play for your country again. So that's Well, that's, the Windies, I reckon, almost had the blueprint for what we've now become to because remember Chris Gale started just stop. Yeah. He was one of the great test batsmen we've ever seen and just stopped playing um, yeah. because of these type of individual deals that he had way back at the peak of his powers. Puts pressure on the system. It's not for everyone, the you know, travelling roadshow life. It's a, it's, no. a, it's a tough existence. and you know. But I, I think Cricket Australia have done the best they can do in a tough spot. They've got an Ashes in England and a World Test. They've got a T20 World Cup. They've got a summer that's not ideal. Then they play a pretty interesting series in February against New Zealand in New Zealand, two Test Series. So I think they've done the best they can do. Mm. But that, that whole structure of test match in, yeah. well, it used to be late November, didn't it? Then early December across the summer period, the Christmas yep. period. It's got it's a matter of time until that stopped, isn't it? Well, and, and, and what that means for Cricket Australia with all the contracts it's got with the state bodies to play test matches at the major stadiums. They've got to figure out a way to get more content earlier in the summer. That's their biggest challenge. Mm. October, and now they're competing with other calendars. October, November. Because the other calendars don't care about the Australian summer, do they? No, and play, playing in warmer weather, like they played a test match, I think, in Cairns, did they, last year? or in They Je- played one there, yeah. In September. Cairns and Darwin and these sort of venues in... But who, I'm, I'm, with due respect to those areas and venues, yeah. that's not what we're talking about here. Well, it's a t- it's becoming a TV sport, though. So like, if attendance isn't your main driver, then those, those venues open up. Yep. All right, well, uh, Rich, smaller countries need to play in smaller towns. We might have branched off what it was that you actually asked us, but uh, yeah, fair bit going on in that cricket space. Thank you for your question and thank you for listening to the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to drink wise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Drinkwise.